Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And welcome to Ebony and Irony. <laughs> I've got great news. Monet isn't here again. <laughs> this is going to be the best podcast we've ever done together. But we have a very special guest. Peppermint is here, and she's going to go on tour singing with Juju B uh, in November. So we have all the details about that. And we want to say, hey, Peppermint, and welcome. What's going on, girl? Hey, girl. Hi, Miss Bunny Bunny Bunny. <laughs> I'm fantastic. Um, I haven't seen you in a minute. I'm a little bit shook. I think I mentioned I, I, I was rushing to eat, um, you know, because eating is always a top priority. And I um, totally, like, chipped my beautiful tooth, and I'm, like, beside myself. So I'm, now I'm putting it out into the world. If there are any dentists listening to the podcast who are fans um, or follow me on social media, please help a bitch out. I cannot be snaggle tooth. Honey, you know there's, there's the losers that listen to this podcast ain't no damn dentists. <laughs> There's only five losers. I mean, you know, I don't think they're dentists. Anyway, well, good. What girl? What? What were? What were you trying to eat? Or what was his name? Okay. At least it was hard. Okay. Hello. It was hard. Um, No, it was. uh, I I was just eating some chicken, but I took the bite and I just like bit really hard into the fork at a weird angle, and there you have it. Wait a minute. 
That's where you went wrong. Since when did you use a fork? I know. I usually just snort it up (laughs) (laughs) in my trough bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Peppermint, I've always wanted to ask you something. So you used to be known as Peppermint Gummy Bear, and then you you dropped the gummy bear to do peppermint. Does that ever cause any issues when people are Googling you and they're finding, like, peppermint oil? I mean, how do you get around that? You know, yeah, it, that girl, it's it's so reversed. I mean, I, mean, I should have. I, I mean, peppermint gummy bear would have been able to, you know, refine the searches. But then, when you dropped that, I just wondered if anything happened. Yeah, well, nothing it's happened. I think that's the problem. Online. It's harder to find me online. <laughs> I think so. When people get Google me, they look up like you know, pictures of chewing gum and stuff like that. And certainly the gummy bear would have added more detail, but I had that before we even were using internet like that. There wasn't even a search engine to have. And so I, I did it in the wrong order. I like to say I got a divorce from Mr. Gummy Bear, but I should have actually married him, you know, around now. So that it would make it easier to find me. Okay. Okay. I mean, can you do that with with keywords like you know, trans activist, glad drag race and stuff? Gummy I mean, bear. Help? I mean, no, for sure. When people put yeah, in like no, peppermint. No, I mean peppermint because I mean, like, I know, I know Britta Filter had an issue with Britta. and uh, uh, I think, or, or, or with Britta filters, and then there was one other. Uh, who, who just, you know, I mean, crazy stuff happens. I mean, most people usually just have an issue with Brita Filter. <laughs> <laughs> the um, bitch won't yes, stop I, people do put in my, uh, I know that when people search for me, if they know that I, that I do drag or if they know that I, you know, I'm part of the queer community or trans, if they put in any other word to, to refine their search, they instantly find me. So I don't think it makes me impossible to find. Um, and if they put Miss Peppermint in, which is kind of the, 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 the piece that I've added to my name, you know, I try to go by Miss Peppermint in general, especially like formally, like on a search or on a title, then I'm easier to find that way. Uh-huh. Well, I saw a little bit of the Instagram video you did with uh, Jujubee to announce your uh, tour, and, and I, I, I thought it was, I got a little giggle because you said, <laughs> you can tell our age because we both got pep- our websites are Peppermint Online and Jujubee Online, which I guess was a thing that was being done when you set up your websites. Back in the, in the 90s, girl, yeah. <laughs> Online, that was like new. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. I think my website is ladybunny.net because somebody said that, uh, whatever, some hooker had the name ladybunny.com, but my mother's doing okay with the site, so um, <laughs> just let her go with it. I said, you know, you, you change my shitty diapers, I'll let you slut the house down, um, you know, uh, uh, on, online and with your little, you know, whatever. So anyway, now girl, tell me about th- this tour. Is this going to be uh, Peppermint and Jujube performing separately? Do you do any numbers together? What, what, how do, what's the format? Is it like... It's a double headline tour, um, and so the two of us are going out on the road, hitting... A bunch of cities, all the big cities in the U.S. 
And um, it is, it's two separate shows. So it's, it's two for the price of one, essentially. Jujubee has an album, uh, a couple of albums out that are R&B, um, and as do I, uh, the Letters to My Lovers series of, of music. We talked about that last time I was on. And, um, and we both, you know, the, we both have done a lot of the drag tours, the drag race tours, and like the Voss events tours, and all of those things. And what people want at those big theater tours is queens jumping into splits and doing backflips and things like that. And those are all some fierce things that we love. But we... I love R&B music personally, and I think the the venue and the situation to kind of perform that um, is a little different than a typical drag show. And so we decided to, you know, team up and play small houses and small theaters that are more intimate and really get into the vibe and allow you to sort of tell a story. Um, so this isn't like so much a drag show as it is a music show. Um, and, but it is two separate okay. performances. But we do have a song together that we're going to release and unleash into the world during the tour. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, well, you have uh, two different, you know, musical styles. One is the one that I first came to know, which was with upbeat R&B songs like mm-hmm. Dollar and in my titty and stuff like that. But here's one thing that's interesting to me is that every single fucking artist says when they're interviewed about their new album, Oh, this is the most personal album I've ever made. And I'm like, that <laughs> bitch, shut up. It just, I mean, you might as well just say buy my record. But then I, I took note because when I listened to, um, your latest album, A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers, uh, it is very personal, and it's it's specifically about a trans girl like you, and it's it's I guess it's intended. You tell me to 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 you some stuff that you wanted your lovers to hear. Yeah, I mean, most of it is I wanted to hear that one of my lovers to hear is like, you know, where's my money, and I know where you live, but that's coming on the next album. <laughs> Um, in the past, when I've done songs, you know, I I was mostly writing from, I guess you could call it a drag point of view. And it was all about, like, what can we do to make the kids dance and feel fierce and fabulous and just make it feel good? Um, and I tried a couple times with a couple of songs to slip in sort of like more of like a realistic, you know, kind of sensibility or something. But I would kind of code it in. I mean, that was years and years ago. And then on this latest project, you know, I mean, the fact that I do drag is really separate from this album. I mean, it helps me now because so many people remember me from Drag Race and and that's how they know me. But this music was basically my diary. I had been in a relationship, which obviously had nothing to do with me being a drag entertainer. Um, And it was just about me as the trans woman every day and the things that... I experience and people like me experience. Um, and I thought to myself after like writing everything down, I was like, you know what? I've never really heard a black trans woman singing about her experience in a relationship being loved. And, and, you know, cause I think a lot of people think of LGBT people as sad and alone. You know, I mean, they do the ones that know you probably <laughs> more so than others. <laughs> 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 but, 
Hearing a trans woman's experience is kind of rare, especially in music and definitely in R&B music. And so that's what I wanted to start with. And I thought I was just going to have one song and then ended up being three albums later. The third one comes out uh, later on this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's a, a multi-album project. Mm-hmm. It's a trilogy. A trilogy. A trilogy. Okay. Now, so, and, and, it's, and the songs are interspersed with vignettes where you, you know, talk about, you know, I mean, there was one that was very moving. Um, and I know that this, you know, it, it speaks to the trans experience uh, where you're, you're talking, you're discussing, you're walking down the street, holding your man's hand, and, and, and you're going to pass some people. Uh, will he let go of your hand because he doesn't want to acknowledge that you are with him because of whatever his own issues are. He doesn't feel that he's, um, you know, uh, he feels that he's straight or whatever he, he, you know, he's just not ready to do that. And then, you know, but there is a little hope in there too, because then you end with, um, actually he grabbed my hand tighter, which is, I mean, I thought that was a beautiful moment. Rather than drop your hand and say, rather than say, I'm, 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 I don't want to be seen with this bitch. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 it gave a, a little hope as well. And, you know, I mean, honey, we've all been with people that, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah, girl, I mean, whether in, in, I've been in, I, I have been in some precarious situations as a, as a girl from the clubs. I mean, I, I, you aren't the only one who, who, um, had, uh, special guests and visitors back at the club, uh, behind the DJ booth. Let me just tell you. <laughs> and I was used to them. These are people like, of course, they don't know me from, from, from anybody. And they, you know, we would have our little moment. And then, you know, we both got out of it, whatever we we're going to get out of it. And then they would leave and like leave separately or say, let's, let's leave separately. And in those situations, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't want anybody to know that I was just like, you know, having a, a little tryst in, in the, behind the dumpster. So like we, we do support leaving <laughs> separately, but then <laughs> I realized, <laughs> I realized that like, at least you weren't, that started- at least you weren't in the dumpster, girl. <laughs> at least you weren't in the dumpster. I was. I mean, I should have known. I should have known. I was like, what's that smell? <laughs> um, uh, but later on, you know, in relationships, I realized that some of that same behavior started to creep in from, from my partners or from whoever the guy was. And that was really, I guess it's kind of a sense of shame, like you said, about people thinking that they're going to be gay if they're seen with someone like me or, and what have you. And, and I think that really does add to the discrimination and to a lot of the stuff that some trans people can experience. And so what I would like is for people to, I, I experienced a relationship where there wasn't, there really wasn't that for the first time. Uh, I'd been in a few relationships and there'd always been a little bit of shame and, and this and that, but I was in a particular relationship a few years ago, right before the pandemic and he was like unbothered. He was also young, a little younger, um, very unbothered and didn't care. He would, he was holding my hand in public and, and like even at the very beginning of the relationship, he invited me to meet his friends. It was like no big deal. And that felt like a completely different. I was like, what is this? It was so foreign to me. 
because I was used to having to be hidden and be, a, you know, ashamed of. And so this is such a great feeling. I would like everyone to experience this, every other trans women to experience and, and queer people. And if they don't, then maybe they can get a little bit of that feeling just listening to the album. Well, you mentioned that this guy was a, who was more cool with it was a younger guy. Clearly, you know, gender is opening up to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Clearly. I mean, oh, definitely. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's... it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's he, he says... You know, I mean, he, I, I have a friend who's... <laughs> he was much younger than me. He was uh, more than 10 years my junior. I won't say how many more. Um, and so he was in high school much, much later, like a completely, he's basically a different generation. And he says that he, uh, and he's also from San Francisco, which has a lot to do with um, probably how he connects to the queer community. And he says that he learned, like, in, there was trans people in his school and that, like, it was just never a thing, you know, for him. And so certainly being younger has something to do with that. This is a down-tempo album, A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lover. Um, there's a little bit of soul-to-soul beat, and then there's even, you know, a ballad, A Girl Like Me, which, um, you know, s- some of the lyrics, A Girl Like Me Can Light Up Any Party and Hold the Crown in Her Hand. A girl like me can light up any party And hold the crown in her hand A girl like me can turn heads on the runway And travel off to distant lands A girl like me knows how to make her money She's just as smart as she is cute She's strong and doesn't take it from nobody A girl like me knows how to live her truth A girl like me can dream But sometimes that's all that she can do Now, I have other trans friends who say, Honey, the sex is going to be great. You're going to get be able to attract all kinds of guys. But are they always the time the, the kind of guys that will stick around? Is 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 that an issue? It is. It is an issue for other trans friends who have said things to be like they don't want to be fetishized. Like they don't want. Like mm-hmm. hey, if it's just good sex and everybody's getting off on the sex, then 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 just let the sex happen. But they don't want to. Um, you don't want to be seen uh, as your transness overtaking your personality and your other character traits. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. it's it's. I mean, I, the more I thought about it, I thought about. I mean, when you so for example, if there's a woman with gigantic tits and she's attracting all these guys uh-huh. with who love gigantic tits, or a guy with a huge cock and he's attracting me. No, uh, you know, <laughs> or, or you know. It's, it's like, at some point, if it's going to go further than the sex and like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, uh, it, mm-hmm. then, then you do need to kind of feel like you aren't being fetishized for, you know, what mm-hmm. you are. 
-hmm. and, 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 and focus some more on who you are. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's true. And that was, I mean, I invited this guy. I, I was, when I first met this, in, this particular partner um, years ago, uh, we met on a hookup app and I was, I was in San Francisco, which, you know, I obviously I live in New York and I was visiting San Francisco. I was, I was living there for, for, um, for a, a few months. And so I was like jumping on the app and it was probably not the first time I'd been on there while I was there. But this particular day I was feeling kind of like, you know, down and out and feeling a little lonely. I was like, well, let me at least get some sex, which is ironically never really solves the loneliness piece, but at least it can give you a little company for a few minutes. Um, well, a few hours or whatever you want to do. Um, and he came over and it was just supposed to be a hookup. And I was very much like, hi, here you are. Let's, you know, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. You have your coat. Okay. Goodbye. Thanks. Um, and he was like, you know, well, no, let's talk. And, you know, I'm okay to give like a little bit of pillow talk afterwards. I was like, all right, whatever. What do you do? What do you do for work? Okay. Where do you, where do you live? Okay. Nice. You, how's the weather? Bye. Um, and he really was like taking an, an interest in me, which is unusual, or at least was unusual in my, in my experience. And so right off the bat, I knew that there was something really different about him. He spent the night, which I never do, but I allowed him to spend the night. And then the next day we stayed together and we went to go have some food. It was like instant, you know what I mean? And so that was, a, it was very, it was clear to me in the beginning of this relationship that it was going to be very different, or at least this experience was going to be different. And he came back two days later and was like, let's go out, let's do some stuff. Of course, we had sex again. Um, it was like some of the best sex I'd ever had. Like that, that had something to do with it. But it was he was not really in a position where it didn't seem like he was interested in fetishizing. And when I think of fetishizing, at least my opinion, I'm no like sex therapist, but I do think from my experience, when I've been in the room with somebody who, who had a fetish and presented it, whether it's like your feet or this or that, or, the, or your identity being trans, it really is like 99% of that is about them and what they're getting out of this situation and what they think about the situation has very little to do with how, even if I'm enjoying it. Um, and to the point where like they can start get doing their thing and it almost doesn't matter if I'm awake, asleep, like I, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think yeah. that has to do with like the shame that they bring to the situation and maybe the fact that they don't get this opportunity, whatever it is, very frequently and so this is their chance so let me just have tunnel vision and focus on what I need forget what the other person in the room needs that's that's how I would categorize fetish fetishes I I don't mean to belittle them I know that I mean they're very valid for people as a kink and as a way to do their thing um but I I don't really enjoy it being fetishized I don't think anybody does at least I can speak for myself I don't uh and it is well, tough I mean let me get to separate that yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me, let me give you an example. I have a friend who is trans who told me that she will always meet guys that are like, I'll pay for your surgery. You know, I'll, do, you know, uh -huh. pay for your boobs. I'll, I'll do this. And then, you know, sh sometimes when they do, um, then they, uh, the, the guys leave them. You know, and, and uh -huh. it's, uh, you know, here, she, she said that I would never, if I had the, the, the surgery, 
I would never date one of the guys that I used to um, to, to date because you know when when before I'd had the surgery because I see myself as going on that journey and I mean this is an, 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 an and finishing it so here's another example that that might be you know more so there's chubby chasers and I'm uh-huh. chubby so but the thing is I mean I guess about the, the fetishizing thing it's like if someone was just into me because I was overweight, then I would kind of feel like, oh, are they going to dump me after I set up my life with them? Please, my life is almost over. Um, after I set up my <laughs> life with them, um, you know, um, you know to, and, and if I lose weight because they were mainly attracted to the fat, not me, you know? I mean, I, it's, it's kind of weird, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, it's it's... I think it is. I mean, I think back back in the day, um, queer people, trans people, and uh, certainly people who are LGBT, but other folks as well, definitely people of color, um, you know, things were just less diverse back in the day. And there was, you know, for LGBT people, I think I would imagine that more people were closeted back 10, 20, 30 years ago than are now. And, you know, I think that certainly plays into how much you're going to ask for as a partner, like as a trans woman, as a, as a queer person, as a, as a very flamboyant femme person or whatever, however you identify and connect into the world, Mm -hmm. you're going to ask for less because I think we think we're deserving of less. I mean, it was only, wasn't that long ago that we were having a hard time just keeping a job, you know, real talk and hoping not to get fired for being queer that, you know, a relationship, honey, who's asking for that? And, you know, hoping that we don't get jumped at night, you know, walking down the the street or whatever. And so I think now that the world is changing a little bit, um, I think it's, it's updating. I I should have sent this to you earlier, but maybe you have time to Google it. Um, and we can talk more about it, but there's this girl, Hennessy Marie, um, you should check okay. it out. Um, just real quick. I don't know if you can. Um, but anyway, and we can go back okay. into it. Yeah. But, um, I think, th- I think people are, uh, you know, people are certainly more open minded than they were. And so I think some of that fetishization is, is starting, at least in my experience, is starting to calm down a little bit. And p- we can deal with people a little bit more for who they are. I mean, girl, back in the day when I was having like, a hookup or somebody would come over girl. I mean, I wasn't a sex work to be honest with you. Like I've never done sex work. I have never like done it and gotten paid to do it, but I'll tell you, well, I can guarantee obvious. the people. Cause I'm poor. Um, but, but I can tell you the guys that I was hooking up with are the same guys that were going to the girls who are sex workers because I'm friends with all those girls and I would be like, oh, do you know so-and-so? Oh, girl, I know so-and-so. And what would end up happening is even though, like, we would compare experiences, me and, the, and this girl that was a sex worker and all the girls, and there was no difference. The only difference in the experience from the time, from the way he communicated to the time he when he came over, what he wanted to do and what everything was... The only difference in my experience versus her experience, the sex worker's experience, was that she got paid and I didn't. Those are the only differences. And I think it's different now. You know, I think I'm asking more now. Like, you need to tell me your real name. You know what I mean? 
or you know like like we have to right, start somewhere right. there needs to be a phone number or like we have to meet in public during the day before he, before I invite you up into my house or into my bed you know it's not like some guaranteed thing right right i mean yeah it's 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 wild i mean it's uh it's i, I don't understand dating today i've i've never been on a hookup app i mean my last mm-hmm. excursion into that kind of thing was craigslist T for M, you know, um, <laughs> where we would go hog wild. Oh, we all know the list. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I did meet really nice guys on there. Um, you know, uh, they, they were probably nicer guys than I would meet on the streets in New York city. Um, but, uh, it was, uh, they would be, they'd be like, where do I park? I was like, park? Nobody drives. They'd be like, I'm coming from Long Island. Or, I said, well, nobody, uh, you know, so it was, it was, a t- I mean, they were like, they had jobs and stuff. They were like, you know, cool, you know, young guys. And yeah, they would often sit and, uh, you know, talk. Of course, I would bullshit with them too. But I do miss that Craigslist T for M. That was yeah. the bomb. There was a whole culture girl on Craigslist, honey. And it was, I mean, there's some people that I, that I, I don't think I still hook up with anybody from Craigslist, but there's definitely some people that I met on Craigslist and there's some wild stories from Craigslist, honey. Um, and it was so funny. I remember back in the day, I would go before, before like any of these hookup apps really, um, you would put an ad, like if you were traveling, you would put an ad up in the city that you were going to be. And then eventually you'd start right. getting some emails right. and messages. <laughs> and then the girls who were, then eventually, sometimes you're, you're, if you were new in that city, you would get like reported and somebody reported your, your, your ad. And you knew it was the other girls who were like going on and checking to see because it would always be the same girl who always tried to be at the top of the, the list. Um, oh, yeah, honey, I they, would, they would report you if they would report you if you weren't charging because they were out there charging and they yeah, had the they were charging. Yeah, they would be. I got a message from a girl who was because I actually specified it in my thing. I'm actually not charging, you know, and. And I got messages from girls like, bitch, you, you, if you, you need to take your thing down. I'm going to fucking come find you because, uh, you know, we're charging here and you're messing with my money. <laughs> I mean, online dating is bizarre. I've never been able to do any of the, of the, of the grinder, you know, kind of stuff. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it are, are you recognized when you do one of these dating services? Does that bother you? Do you like it? Is it, it helped? Does it do you make? It doesn't. It doesn't. Luck. I mean, I have been recognized before, um, and so, but for some, luckily, you know, since I'm on there as a woman, and you know, like that's who I'm putting into the thing that I'm looking for and trying to connect with. Most of the people who are looking for me are guys who are interested in women, like romantically and sexually, which is like most of the gays are not, don't have, aren't looking for women. There probably are some, but most of them aren't. Um, But the ones who identify as like queer or bi or pansexual, um, sometimes they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, I I have a girlfriend and I'm also interested in trans women and Oh, I know who you are because we we watch Drag Race together, me and my girlfriend. And so, like, I've had that before, um, and that's awkward. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, 
One time, I some married guy that I was seeing came over here and said, uh, this, look what's on my phone. And because he had dialed my number, my Facebook profile pic was on his number. That's why I've never given Facebook my phone number. Yeah, I'm like, this could get this guy. This guy has kids. You know, this guy's, you know, like, you know, I'm like, where are you going after here? It's like, I'm taking my kids to the amusement park. I was like, you know, but honey, I had a good old trick back in the Craigslist days. <laughs> I, I would get them once and I would hook them and, uh, and they would want more. And so they would call back and I would say, oh, well, I'm not getting dressed up today. Uh, you know, um, and they said, oh, come on, baby, put on a little lipstick, you know, just put on a little something. I said, That's all they went a little lipstick? Yeah, yeah. I said, well, it doesn't work that way. And then I would put it on them and say, I want to look sexy for you, Daddy, and all this kind of stuff. And so, but I said, I want to look sexy for you, Daddy. When I suck that big dick that was so good the last time, just lay it on them so thick to where they're like, bitch, put on a, a mop on your head and suck my dick. <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> They they did not care. And so they would come over uh, because I'm not going to pretend that I look the same in and out of drag. And they answered the ad with Uh me in in drag with upper and lower lashes. I don't do a demi drag. I to give you the full trolley part and come into the door. And, uh, you know, so that that was, that was, and, and, and once they would come and see me out of drag, honey, I never lost one. They they, they always Ah! came back on that because they knew it was good. Listen, I, I have to say, in the in the in not that I not that I um, condone judging people's gender by just their looks and appearances, but it does remind me of that RuPaul song. Um, are you a woman? You don't look like a woman, but you feel like a woman, and I think that's the really the part. Even though we at the, the girls go through all the conflama to get all up in yags and get everything together and have the hair just right. And like, it takes, we have our process, which we need to feel the way we need to feel. At the end of the day, these guys, especially the ones who are like, not, I mean, the ones who are clearly willing are, they're really just looking for that. I think they're really looking for that energy as well. That's at least that's what I think. And you have that energy, whether you are in drag or not. Well, by energy, I mean, I mean I a big old throat you, gulping. Oh, you said, you said, some of them were really, I don't know how we got to talk about this. Everybody always knows I'm a whore. And we want to talk about everyone knowing about Peppermint being a whore and singing songs from her album, <laughs> A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lover. It's going to be a trilogy because Peppermint has had so many lovers. So many, so many that they had to do a trilogy to get all of them in. But listen, so do you come in your show with uh, Juju B that's hitting the road in November? Do you do old peppermint jams and, and, and then some of the more serious, slow stuff? How do you mix that up? Actually, no. Um, we do have some, I do have a couple of covers, which are like more well-known things um, that are obviously not my songs. And then uh, some of the songs, even though the the, the category of the, of the music is R&B, there's definitely some up-tempo stuff. There's there's some inspirations by like Stevie Wonder and Lauren Hill uh, and Prince are some of my musical icons and people that I look up to. And so I, I worked some of those sounds onto the album. Um, and there's, there's three albums, as I mentioned, and each one has like some has an arc, you know, has some slow songs, has some fast songs. 
um, you know, something, something to get you, you dancing and tapping your feet. Um, and that with a live band, which is unusual. Most people just hear music when they hear music in public. Most folks, at least when they're, when it's related to drag are hearing a track, really some great sound and music, but there's a very big difference in the way the music sounds from a live band versus, you know, a track. Um, and so I'm really you're going with a band. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had a band. Yeah, we're going with the band. It's true. Band? Yeah. Oh, I'm touring with okay. the band. Yeah, yeah. Juju B and I are That's both. Great. We have one band and two different musical directors, and they are touring with us. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a small. It's a three-person yeah. band. It's not like a orchestra. <laughs> right. 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 Well. Uh, you know, one of the songs on A Girl Like Me is called The Chosen. When I said, Oi, Peppermint is Jewish. I never knew. <laughs> Feel these hands, it's cold in here. My heart's not working the way it should. But just one glance, it's like a together with Adam Joseph, who I know you know. Um, and I was really, you know, just basking in the glow of being in this relationship that I was in. Of course, we broke up now, spoiler alert. Um, and, you know, the fact that he he actually did choose me, which is so... And, and that can be, like, being in a relationship. I know people who are single, which I am now, are kind of like, yeah, bitch, whatever. We don't care about your relationship. But, like, that is something that can be rare for a lot of trans people. And in a day and age, 2022, right now, when we are going through state by state, there's, you know, over 300 bills in our country, bills and policies that are presented in our country that are discriminatory, mostly, many of them towards LG, towards trans people um, and trans youth. Uh, the feeling of being that those feelings are like of rejection that we don't belong in school sports and we don't we shouldn't have health care and we shouldn't be able to go to the bathroom and we shouldn't have be able to have housing security and all these different things. And so being chosen is more than just having a boyfriend. It is feeling chosen by your community and the people who are around you supporting you and saying, I see you and I accept you and I respect you and you're welcome into these spaces. And, and so that's kind of like the essence of that song, Chosen One. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned, um, I'm, I'm just looking around from Time Magazine. There's an article about Arkansas, which has a, a law at 626, <sighs> which mm-hmm. says that uh, the state has a unique responsibility. I'm reading this from Time. I'm not that smart. Uh, because the state has a unique responsibility to protect children from medical treatment that lawmakers believe is unsafe, even if the child's parents mm-hmm. and doctors disagree. So what, what is Arkansas's beef? Are, 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 
I, are they? So I, because listen, I know they harp on this stuff because my instinct uh-huh. is that they hate all LGBT. They hate us, and you know uh-huh. they 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 know that Republicans or conservatives or whatever have accepted gays a uh-huh. little bit more, like like gays, but not the trans and not the drag. And that seems to be why they're picking uh-huh. on uh, the drag queen story hour and this kind of thing. Because of course, uh-huh. when it, whenever you hear, oh, they're mutilating the children um, you know one uh, I don't often wade into these conversations with conservatives online uh-huh. uh, I did recently uh, once about because it uh-huh. was happening in Chattanooga but there, there was someone needs to tell these people about the the, the trans care um, there's ways that you can you know, change a person's uh, name and cha- if they're a young person uh-huh. who the parents suspect are trans, you can change their. There's non-medical stuff that you can do, um, and 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 change the the pronouns, change the name, and let them play with you know sex appropriate thing. And 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 if I'm not mistaken, it's different in different cases, but. The, the the irreversible stuff like top surgery, removal of the breast for a trans man, that doesn't happen until later. That doesn't happen when people are children, does it? I mean, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't need top surgery if they were children because children don't have boobs. You know, so the, the Republicans are trying. That's But you know, the, the other thing that, that I. I the other thing that I want to say to these people, if they would ever listen to me, is that, okay, and in as much as passing is important traditionally for trans women and possibly still, if you do it early, you improve your chances of passing as a woman and in an intolerant society, um, that can mean life or death if you are getting recognized um, that that can you know and, and, I, and I hope that that is changing but that is one of the reasons to start early uh-huh. there are there are uh, trans women in uh, th- that I've known you know uh, in in the the uh, who, who at a certain age said no 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 this beard is not supposed to be growing out of my face I don't know what's happening uh-huh. I'm 14. I don't feel like this needs to be growing out of my face because I don't feel like a man. And they castrate themselves so that it will stop. So, you know, this is, this is something that you feel deep down that you need to do. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when, when, and hopefully, I mean, thankfully there's, there's medical advances, you know, since those days. But I mean, I think that the, the self castration, I think that's gone on in many, many different cultures when you just realize, no, this isn't, you know, me. And, and that happened to me, even though I'm not trans, because I was like, wait, what, why is this beard growing out of my face? <laughs> what, no, 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 this is wrong. Why is this happening? Or, or then when a little bit of my hair uh-huh. fell out, I was like, no, that happens to men. So, I mean, I'm confused in my own gender, but what, what, <laughs> what, what, what is going on with the, with the, with these laws like Arkansas? What, what are they afraid uh-huh. of? They say they're afraid of, of medical transition where the kids can't, I mean, obviously, if you have your your boobs removed and you're a trans man, then you decided against it. Um, then you that you won't be able to nurse your kids. You know, I mean, but you know, I, I almost feel like I, I I feel I don't feel that there's that many 
that do that. Girl, well, let me talk. That- let me listen. Then yes. It's a very complex issue. You're right. Okay. Uh, first of all, there's two things that people should get. I think people should, especially people who are that consider themselves allies that might be listening to this. Pe- uh, John Oliver on uh, last week with John Oliver on HBO, um, and also. Um, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, John Stewart, John uh, Stewart. John Stewart, yeah. Uh, both did some really great segments on this, sort of answering all of this and laying it all out. Everybody should go and watch that. However, for those who don't, don't go now, listen to what we got to say. Um, <laughs> it, you know, you're right. The, I think it's complex even for the Republicans or the people who are putting forth these bills and advancing these through. Uh, I think one-on-one, I would like to think that maybe they do have an idea that we are deserving of respect and humanity and, and that they aren't bigots. But, you know, I won't, I won't hold my breath for that. The bigger piece of it is that they're able to make money off of this. They're furthering their political careers. They're raising money for their, they're raising political capital, whether it's actual money or actual, or just like political capital, meaning the, 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 um, clout and the cachet that they get from appearing to be anti-trans, which will buy them some, you know, um, votes or buy them more power. Uh, and so they're will, they know that we are underrepresented and that there's a lot of people who don't really understand the story of trans people or know anyone personally who's trans. And so it's really difficult, unlike let's say a a woman who's pregnant or unlike someone who's gay, unlike someone who's a person of color, many people in this country can at least say that they know, regardless of where they fall politically, can say that they know a woman who's been pregnant or a person of color or a a gay person. Uh, And so when you, when you say we are going to outlaw gay marriage, even though they are looking at that again, um, that, that affects more people personally because they know someone who's gay and they don't want their gay friend, their gay coworker, whoever to be discriminated against. But a lot of people don't, there's been several studies, a Pew poll a couple of years ago that says that as many as 80% of Americans say that they don't know someone who's transgender, which means it's really easy to, to misinterpret uh, <coughs> who we are, excuse me, um, and, and not really do that much research into it. And that allows these politicians to spread misinformation. And that's exactly what they're doing. They are conflating the entire trans experience with a couple of anecdotes that they have of someone who's detransitioned. And so what they really want to do is paint this picture that transgender people are, uh, transgender people and the doctors who care for us, uh, and who provide these treatment, the, the surgeries, the, the, the medications and so forth, are out to groom and sexualize young kids. Basically, you know, sexually assault and mutilate children. That's what they say we're trying to do. And it's, they're not, they're not acknowledging that this is about the individual rights and the rights of the family, the parents of those children, uh, to, to make the choices that are best for them. Uh, and so they're really and, trying to paint so this, this picture. Mm-hmm. But but this is the state trying to say, I don't trust the parents to do what their kids Mm -hmm. want or what they've all agreed on, right? Mm -hmm. The the bottom line is medically, 
Yeah, the bottom line is, and I think that the, the, it's important for people to take away that, like, if we're talking about protecting children, you know, the, I think it's ironic that we're not looking at some of the other things that are very harmful to children that they don't seem to be moving much. You know, when we're talking about gun violence, which is a very different thing, these are these are these are things that are measurable, you know, and 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 preventable when it comes to you know gun reform, um, you know, but there's, it's ironic that there's very little movement in, in many Republican circles and many law, many legislatures, state legislatures, there's very little discussion and movement on these now, it seems like monthly mass shootings that we have in our country, but they're all up in arms about drag queens and transgender people. And that, that what has, what they've done is very successful. They did the exact same thing with race and the conversations about race right after 2020. When we were having these conversations and there was sort of a racial, quote, reckoning that a lot of people are talking about, we were having some uncomfortable conversations. And they realized, they meaning uh, the political right and conservatives, that there is a, there's a way to take advantage of this by stoking the fear of people who are afraid of, you know, sort of the, 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 the notion that white people are going to become extinct and that the people of color are coming for your guns and coming for your valuables and coming for your children and coming for your wives and all this stuff. And they, so then they put in this, you know, when, when we were, their response to having these nuanced conversations and actually learning about history in our country, black history in our country, because we've had black history months since I've been a child in school. And all we learned about was Martin Luther King and maybe Malcolm X. You know, we barely, we didn't uh-huh. even learn about Emmett Till, the movie that's coming out. Um, and we certainly didn't learn about like, you know, what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma on, you know, uh, Black Wall Street Black and the, the bombing of that. Yeah. We didn't learn about those things. I was an adult and that's, that's something that a lot of people I think realized. And so in response to that during 2020, people wanted to have, you know, m- more nuanced conversations and said we should start early and and allow kids in school when they're learning American history, because you're not going to learn American history, you know, at work. You need to learn it in school when you're learning all of the history. And so having the history of the people who are in this country implemented into that makes sense. But then the pushback to that is, no, we don't want to learn about race. We don't want to have any conversations about race. In fact, if you do anything to talk about race, we're going to call it critical race theory, which is now, we all know now, is a college-level course, not something that's ever been introduced in in grade school and middle school and in uh, younger ages. Uh, but they, they, they make a boogeyman out of this critical race theory, and then they... Put it, then they then they say this is what they're trying to do to your children, and they've succeeded in banning not only what they call critical race theory, which I guess would represent new ideas and new conversations about race. They've been, they've been successful at banning that, but then furthermore, now they've even gone so far as to overreach and say we don't want to have any conversations about diversity and inclusion, none. And yeah. so they've done that same. They applied that same thing to queerness. And so what they're doing is they're demonizing the doctors and saying that they're trying to, you know, come after your kids and mutilate them and all these things. And the truth is, like you said in the beginning of this conversation, if, if someone's transgender and they're ch- a child, it really is about a social transition. Names, pronouns, maybe clothing, hairstyles, things like that. 
those are things that are obviously not permanent and things that are certainly not medical, right? But they are psychological and they can be, I believe, life-saving because a lot of the things that we experience when it comes to the discrimination and the stress and strife that trans people say they face has a, has, has mostly to do with our surroundings, the reaction of people to who we are and, and how we're treated in those situations. So the social transition, whether you're a child or not, in my experience was most of what saved my life. But the medical transition is important for those of us who are adults and for those of us who have really gone through puberty and want to see our bodies the way that we want to see our bodies um, and the way that society well, says I, that our body needs to be. And that's yeah, much I, later. I, I Surgeries and medications come in much later. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that, they, that, they, that these conservatives realize that when you are, when you do have the feeling that you're born in the right body, there is a tremendous urge to rectify that. You know, and, you know, the, this is from the Time Magazine piece. Uh, the brief cites a 2019 study published in Clinical Practice in Pediatric Psychology of 47 trans youth that found beginning gender affirming hormones decreased suicidality by a statistically significant amount. So as you say, I think there is less, much less harm to be done. And I saw an example of a girl who had thought that she was a trans guy, uh, you know, uh, uh, and then, then detransitioned. And, you know, she was giving like a press conference. I don't want to say this out of, it seemed like she had been coached with all the right buzzwords. Cause you know, when does a 15 year old girl who isn't Greta Thunberg or however you say it, uh, giving <laughs> press conferences, you know, so it looked like, you know, but th there's a similar thing going on with the, the drag thing. And I, I did weigh in to, with the drag queen story hour or the kids being around drag that they're also trying to, uh, you know, uh, limit and speak out against now trans and kids around drag. Listen, anytime you mention kids, people are going to get precious there. You know, there's, there's movies that have ratings of stuff that isn't, you know, supposed to be seen by kids. There's shows that kids shouldn't go to like mine. And then there's, you know, drag queen story <laughs> hours, like, like, like Nina West, which, you know, would put me to sleep, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, might be very delightful for, for kids. But what they had done in Chattanooga, there's a, there's a right winger named Robbie Starbuck and he was tweeting us four videos and they were they said that it was a children's show in Chattanooga where I'm from and um, that, that one of the little girls probably three or four years old runs up to uh, a drag queen and she's dressed as a little mermaid and she has that two-way sequin you know when you rub it it turns a different color Honey, I'm fascinated by that at 60. So if that girl wants to reach out and touch, but she's touching the area of Ariel's crotch in, with, with the mermaid tail. And she just, now look, wow. the girl's parents could have run up to her. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people would have an issue with that and think it's not exactly appropriate. We also know that kids, you know, we see little babies like grab their mom's, you know, uh, uh, crotch breast? or grab their mom, oh, not gosh, in a sexual me. way, breast. Or, or whatever. I mean, you know, they don't know the difference. They don't know that it's bad. They're just grabbing 
blaming their uh-huh. their parent. But what what I began to to realize when I went back and forth with some of the conservatives, I was like, you first of all, my mother still lives in Chattanooga. I talked to her today. That wasn't even a drag queen. That was a woman. And there's a there's a woman who throws uh-huh. little princess parties for the little girls to come there. Uh-huh. And so Robbie Starbuck and all of his crowd was was showing this as like the most it, when drag queens get near kids, it's awful, and they're rubbing their their dresses in the crotch area. It wasn't even a drag queen. Then they showed a drag queen who came out and did a split, and they said, "Oh, she showed her underwear." Well, she was wearing, you know, a leotard, and she did Bloomer. do a high yeah. kick. So, so do so, so do the Rockettes. You know, what why aren't they policing them? You know, Harmonica Sunbeam does drag queen story hour and she's totally covered up to, to the neck. I mean she said they have all to the way do to the neck, honey. Drag- yeah, they, they, they have to do. I mean, I wish it was over the face. Have you seen Harmonica lately? No, the, uh, the, 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 uh, she said that they don't, they don't put the Rockettes who are wearing skimpy outfits through any sort of wardrobe uh, thing. And, and as you said, the guns are a threat to kids. Here's another thing that's a threat to kids. And we know this because of billions of dollars of payouts over decades. The Catholic Church, which I believe that Robbie Starbuck is a member of. So it's like they're, they're clearly choosing this is why I say I think that they hate gays all kinds of LGBT and they're just trying to use the most extreme examples of the of the mm-hmm. people who transitioned you know and 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 and, and had a bad experience and the people and and and, and, and the drag queen story or they use the examples of okay there was one in Texas that had you know some rap record where she uh, I don't mean a rap song record I mean a rap sheet where she had had some tiddling with a child so yes there's going to be times when it's it's like that you know I mean but there's but there's but they're overblowing them completely and I think it's to appeal to their religious base. Of course it is. It's 100% to appeal to their religious base and the fear of the people who are conservatives who've never met them. And the same thing that you mentioned, folks who detransition, which, you know, listen, I have full respect for people who've gone, who've, who've gone through a certain gender journey and realized for one, at one, for one reason or another or at one time or another that it wasn't for them. And some of the stories that you hear about people who have detransition are heartbreaking. And I believe them. But the truth of the matter is, well, I, I take them at face value. But the truth of the matter is, you know, people who are transgender don't just decide that on a whim. It's not just something you do. You don't just like decide it today and then walk in and say, well, I'll just try this out, like choosing something to eat that day. You know, many people, most, many of the people who, if you talk to someone who's actually trans, who is transgender and, and lives that life of being transgender, this is something that they've known about themselves for a very long time. And they've also suffered at one time, one way or another, either with gender dysphoria or with the treatment of the people around them. Maybe they've been bullied or teased, but have you, and, you know, have, made made the decisions that they made because that it provides them ease um but the, the decisions that they make with regards to especially the, the things that people are saying are irreversible or permanent and they want to protect people from making permanent decisions about their body and then regretting it those just those things are informed decisions with a surgeon i mean hopefully they're if they're in this united states then they're doing it with a board certified surgeon Hopefully, unless they're doing it in some, you know, somewhere. Um, and these things are not are not cheap. Medicine for transgender people and 
honestly, any type of surgery and medication has risks. Any surgery that you get put under general anesthesia, they make you sign a document that, that, that says that you know that you might not wake up from it, even if you're just getting dental surgery. And, and so the risks for transgender surgery are the same as any other surgery or are relative. And they are, and surgeries for transgender people and treatment for medical treatment is very expensive and cost prohibitive. The cost alone in our medical industrial complex is enough to, to get to make people not want to do it or think twice because it's so expensive. A lot of people have to take second jobs or find other alternative ways to earn money to get to be able to afford to do it in the first place. And by the time you're able to do that, you are not six years old. You are not 10 years old. This is way down the line. And they talk about the uh, puberty blockers. I know I'm kind of ranting, but I want to go on to each of the points that you hit. The puberty blockers for people who who... Um, are younger, this is something that they can do to sort of hit the pause button. And once you stop these puberty blockers, then you go right into, uh, go back into the same puberty. And one of the things that they say, well, these puberty blockers uh, are are given to people who are sec- to chemically castrate sex offenders. They A lot of people who are um, uh, conservative use that talking point, which is a rehearsed talking point that they've shared with each other because it may, it turns people off when you when you bring up sex offenders and children. Suddenly it feels very uncomfortable. But the truth of the matter is these puberty blockers are not only are they not permanent, but they're also the same exact drugs that have been prescribed to to many people for high blood pressure. They're prescribed to um to to, to as for teens, they're prescribed to teenagers who have overactive hormones and precarious sort of precarious uh, puberty um, where there's something either dangerous about their puberty. For th- These are not transgender people, just cisgender people who have way too much either estrogen or testosterone that's, that's that, um, uh, you know, sort of endangering their health. And these are things that have been prescribed mm-hmm. for over 40 years to people to fix these situations, the same exact drugs. And so they've been proven safe, but when they're prescribed to transgender people, then suddenly people are up in arms. If you got rid of these drugs, then you'd be hurting more people than transgender people. Transgender people are just a very small part of the population. You'd actually be harming people who are not transgender, who need these drugs for things like high blood pressure and other medical needs. You know, and then the last point is with the with the with the um, drag queen story hour. Gosh, you mentioned that Idaho just introduced a ban. They just advanced, I think, from the House now to the Senate, a bill to ban all public drag shows, period. And you're 100% right. When you go to see a drag show, first of all, most drag shows are for adults in a bar, in a gay bar, in a place like that, you have to buy a ticket. But the the ones that have children, they're not like sexualizing these children and having sex at the, at the drag show. They are reading children's books to them. And, and so anybody who, who actually is around that will see that, you know, these are not harmful situations to these children. They, they are certainly uh, exposing the children to a different type of lifestyle, a person that does exist. Drag is pretty much the most, one of the most homogenized parts of uh, LGBT life and culture these days. In 2022, you're, you're going to be hard-pressed. If your child is anywhere near social media or has access to cable TV, they're going to see drag queens. And if they're seeing that, they're not cursing. They're not having sex. They're not nude because you get banned for those types of things. You know, you are, you're just, you know, doing a lip sync of a Whitney Houston song. 
And so this is really <laughs> harmless. That's what I was trying to tell Robbie Starbuck and him on Twitter. Honey, you're not looking at her pussy when you see her underwear. Her, her dick is shoved up her ass. Those are pads. That's Three levels down. I know it's sticking out like, <laughs> you know, it's like, this, this, you know, I, I, and then, you know, I said, I fail to see. Like, if you know nothing about drag, I guess I can sort of see why you might think exposed skin is, 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 you know, what, what is, is bad for kids to see when it's like this fake showgirl. But I, I really, I, I mean, if the Rockettes are doing, coming to schools, I just don't see, I, I think that they're really drumming this up. And I wonder if they're not doing it, you know, right before election time. Because there's also something where they, the Republicans said they were introduced into the House, a nationwide uh, you know, uh, don't say gay thing. And this is, I think mm-hmm, this has just mm-hmm. come out. I just read about it on, on them. So they obviously think that there, there is a winning ticket. I do not believe that Republicans have any answers to the inflation or the economy. Sometimes they are seen as better for the economy. I do not think that they're better for workers. You know, so it's like, um, you know, it's, it's, this is all, this is all planned. I mean, all that thing it's about and mirrors, you know, yeah. rumors. And, and, you know, the, the other thing that I'll just say is that, so, like you said, there's not that many trans people. It's a hard decision to make. You don't know what you are. I mean, you did not transition early, so it took you some time to question, to ask, is this what I do? Well, right now, maybe I'm happy putting on a wig and getting in drag and, and, and whatever. And you know, but, but it's like, there's tears. There's uncertainty. And, you know, it's like there's nothing wrong with people trying to match their kids' uh, gender to what they feel and exploring that. They don't run to get their boobs chopped off. You know, it's just, it's no. just crazy. <laughs> they I mean, don't. You know, and- I mean, why, why, why would the parents want to mutilate their kids? They don't. They don't want to do that. They see things differently. And, you know, my thing with the, 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 with the Drag Queen Story Hour is that I don't think these events are mandatory. Your school isn't forcing you to go to these events. If you're open-minded and you don't have a problem with gay people or you think drag queens are this larger-than-life thing, well, then you go and, and see that. But now, this is another piece of this. The, I know enough about what they're saying, um, you know, to me, like, okay, groomer, um, you know, uh, but but they would say that it's not just the drag queens. They are reading children's books about how some there's gay marriage or someone is non-binary, and they don't want to, their kids to hear that at an early age. For me personally, because I do not have children, what is the argument for letting the kids hear about that kind of thing and be exposed to drag queens or non-binary people? It's obviously to get rid of stigma, but it would would either side be able to say, okay, you don't think that's appropriate for kids five and six? We'll, we'll, we'll do it at nine, okay? How about nine? You know? Mm-hmm. It's like... Listen, I think there, one of the things that's that important to acknowledge is that trans people, queer people, and obviously drag queens, we exist. Like, we do exist. And there's probably an argument that would support getting you know, passing all of these discriminatory, what I call discriminatory laws, would make it harder for us to exist in the world. But at the end of the day, we're going to per- per- persevere. We have resilience. We're going to... We, we exist. 
And, you know, saying that you can't say gay in school doesn't mean even even passing a, a rule that teachers can't be gay, because we've lived through that for sure. Where you having a job, if you came out at any kind of job, regardless of what job you at you were at, you were you were gonna get fired. Um, we've lived through that, those of us who are old enough to live through it. And it didn't, it didn't mean that there weren't gay people there. It, just the same way that saying, and I don't mean to conflate the two, but if you, if you make abortion, abortion access 100% illegal, it's not going to get rid of how many people think that they want and, and want an abortion and are seeking one. It just means that they're just, it's going to get rid of all the safe ones. And so it's really, I think it's beneficial. I do believe diversity is beneficial in our world and in our country and in our schools and in our population for people to be able to see different types of people. And if you're going to do that, you might as well start when people are younger so that they can see who all is out there and, and, and they, they don't mistreat someone when they, when they encounter them at school, you know, and, and I think that's really important. It's the same, it's the same ar- the argument for allowing young people to, to experience and hear that a trans person exists or hear a story with a gay couple is the same reason why it's good for them to have different colored dolls and to, 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 to see, you know, um, content and commercials or watch cartoons that have different types of people in them, different races in them and so on. And so that they can become used to that. You know, I think that's just a, a, an important thing, but and I think most people would understand that, and I think these politicians do too, but they are it's they would rather make money off of dividing us than and and win votes off of dividing us than actually um supporting this diversity yeah, I hear they you. know it uh, I, I, I well, I mean there's a whole lot of people that that seek to divide us on different uh things but but peppermint, I wanted to say thank you for getting into the thick of it with me. I always love talking <laughs> with you <laughs> I, 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 I probably do not have such a heated conversation with anyone else, but when does the tour start, and where can people go to get tickets? People can go to peppermintonline.com and obviously go into my so my social media. I'm co- constantly posting about it. Uh, peppermintonline.com slash events uh, or my link in my bio on social media to get tickets. Uh, this tour kicks off in Seattle on November 2nd. And then we go all up and down the West Coast, all up and down the East Coast. And we hit Chicago as well. Um, and we're basically it's the entire month of November that we're going to be touring and going around and, and meeting everybody and performing this, these songs. We've got some VIP um, tickets available. We got we got the whole nine. We even have some new merch that's exclusive to the tour. So I really love people to come out and support us. It's really expensive to tour, as you know, Bunny, um, especially if you're not doing like a group tour. Uh, and so I know there's some people who are like, you know, why don't you come see us in Chattanooga or something? I know I'm, I'm, we're not going to be visiting Chattanooga. I'm sorry. Just in big cities right now because it's self-produced. But if you can make it and you're in or near one of those cities, I think you would highly enjoy it if you do enjoy myself or Juju B. And so thank you so much for having me come on. Girl, I hope you can come to the show. We're, we're going to be in New York on um, the 29th. 11, 29. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, at the mm-hmm. city winery. Okay, that, that sounds great. No, I will definitely uh, do a chance because I'd love to come and see you do your thing. I also saw on your Instagram that you have a part in a new TV show. 
It's true, girl. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I was just uh, just texting with her now, Michelle Buteau, who is the many people of you are like a Netflix person. You have watched her um, as the and you like reality TV. She's the host of The Circle, which is a, a reality show on Netflix. Um, and uh, she, I auditioned. And I got the part. It actually is basically kind of playing myself, like a heightened version of myself. Um, but it's a, uh, the, she has a book out called Survival of the Thickest. And so this is a half hour comedy, uh, based on her book about being a thick woman of color, making it alone in the big city out here in these New York City streets. And so, um, I play, uh, Peppermint myself, who works at the drag bar that she frequents. Um, and it's so much fun. We just, they just signed Michelle, Michelle Visage just signed on and she's now a part of the cast. Hopefully I'll get to shoot some scenes with her. Um, it's, it's a great show. I love it. And I can't wait. I'd like to, I'd like to just shoot her. (laughs) I'd like to just shoot Michelle. I'm going to tell her you said that. I'm going to tell her you said that. (laughs) Hello. That's horrible. Are we there? Hello. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Girl, I thought Peppermint hung up on me when I said I wanted to shoot Michelle Visage. I mean, really, who doesn't want to shoot her? Anyway, you we were talking. You gagged me. At first, I thought you meant you were going to shoot um, uh, Michelle Buteau. <laughs> no, I don't have any reason to dislike her. I have she many wants to, shoot to dislike you, She told me. <laughs> And you know what? So tell us the name of the TV show. And you're just beginning to shoot that. So we don't know when it's on yet. Yeah, just beginning to shoot it. But it looks like it'll be on in spring 2023. Michelle Buteau is a fabulous comic and actor. If you see her on, uh, she's got uh, a comedy special on Netflix. And she's also the host of uh, The Circle. The Yeah, The Circle on Netflix. And she's just a, a wonderful lady, um, a, a real New York lady. She's a, a original New Yorker. And she has a book that she wrote a couple of years ago called Survival of the Thickest, all about being a single thick black girl in a very queer New York. And she, uh, so then they, I guess she got a deal with Netflix and she's doing the show and she cast me as the um, sort of den mother at the drag local drag parlor. Um, and so, okay. yeah, I'm excited about it. Well, Peppermint, you are far too young to play any sort of mother. Peppermint, this is casting against type. That's going to be such difficult acting. Well, I mean, I would say you're right about that, and I'm not going to argue with you, but I also play a mother on a new show called Call Me Mother, um, and we're in our second season. It's a reality show on Out TV where we have uh, three, it's a drag reality competition show where we have three drag mothers, three houses, and the the house that's in the bottom that scores the lowest each week, the mother of that house has to decide which of her children to send home. Very dramatic, and we're uh, season two airs uh uh october it comes on october 26th so people can watch it any day right now i thought you were gonna say whichever mother child loses the mother mutilates them (laughs) forces them to undergo that frightening gender affirming (laughs) (laughs) i i I forgot to mention we were talking about Chattanooga. I will be going back to Chattanooga where I grew up from age five to like 18 to perform at the Mayan Kitchen on October 28th. So check that out and do not miss Peppermint's tour with Jujubee. Where did they get tickets again? 
peppermintonline.com or you can go to the link in my bio on my social media, which is peppermint247. All right, baby. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. You're the only third time visitor we've ever had. (laughs) Such an honor. Now I need to go get vaccinated, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's only if Monet was here. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm good then. Thank <laughs> Bye, you, love. Knock them dead on the tour. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network.